boys and girls are different. It's a controversial topic, but what do the facts say? Thank you for joining me for episode 44 of the Unique on a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am Rachel Jettiman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And in a world that is trying to make everything gender neutral, let's as Christians celebrate the uniqueness of boys and girls. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today as I am flying solo. Normally I have an interview, but today I'm just talking from, not necessarily from my heart, but from my research. And we are living in such a gender neutral, or a society that's trying to make everything gender neutral. And I think it's important to follow facts. And as the world always says, follow the science. I want to share with you some facts and science about men and women, boys and girls, particularly more more boys and girls in the younger years. This is not a political stance. This is not a political anything. This is just a Jesus stance that God created men and women. He created them differently. In the beginning, you see that God created Adam And through that creation, God said that it was good. And then he created Eve. After Eve's creation, God said it was very good. Not because Eve was better than Adam, but because they were better together. So let's get into a little bit of the science behind the differences of boys and girls. Through my studies over the years and raising three children, a girl and two boys, I can definitely conclude one thing. Boys and girls are different. No matter what the culture is trying to tell you, they are different. They deal with stress differently, conflict, they solve problems, and they communicate differently. In the book, The Female Brain by Dr. Luann Brisdine, which I highly recommend, fantastic book. She is a neuropsychiatrist out of California. She said this in her book, biology does not represent the foundation of our personality and behavioral tendencies. But in the name of free will and political correctness, we try to deny the influence of biology on the brain. We begin fighting our own nature. And though our doctor takes a secular point of view in her books, The Female Brain and The Male Brain, she does prove this. Whether she knows it or not, she proves that we have a designer And boys and girls' brains are designed not only differently, but they are designed to work together. Girls and boys, they're different. Even in utero, boys and girls are different. And from the time of conception until about eight weeks, an embryo looks, or excuse me, the embryo's brain looks the same. When an embryo has an XY chromosome, and if you remember from biology, that means male, when it has an XY chromosome, the testicles will then send out a surge of testosterone through the body and the brain. Now, this hormone is creating male behaviors in the boy body and in the brain. From 18 weeks and for about the rest of pregnancy, I'm going to butcher the name of this, but I'm going to try my best. Molarian inhibiting substance 
or you can just say MIS, partners with the testosterone, killing off any female behaviors such as cells in the communication center and start to embed male types of behaviors into the brain. So motor skills, rough play, and they add more cells to the sex center of the brain. In fact, the sex center of the male brain in utero is 2.5 times larger than the female's brain. And not only does the the testicles do this with the brain, it also enlarges the reproductive organs. So our bouncing baby boy is born. And up until he's about one years old, his body is receiving the same amount of testosterone as an adult male. This time is helping him prepare his muscles, his motor skills, and his rough play. After 12 months until about 11 years, the testosterone drops, but his MIS is still really high. And scientists believe that the MIS is what fuels our boy's aggression and his busyness. And man, if you have a young boy and I had two of them, you understand this busyness. And this helps explain why maybe the boys, not just in your home, but maybe you work in the nursery or you work at a preschool. They have a harder time than girls sitting down for long periods of time. This also explains why frequent movement, frequent touching is more important for learning. An eight-week-old embryo with two X chromosomes, which from biology you should know that means female, will not have testosterone released. So the body develops into female. The communication centers in her brain grow and they're not killed off like that of the males. The communication and emotional center of the female brain is larger than that of the males. And this this explains why even at a young age, a little girl will be more calmer and more nurturing towards others. Not 100% of the time, but most of the time. When our girl is born, she'll be more interested in studying faces rather than her male counterparts due to the extreme amount of estrogen that is surging through her body until about the age of two. After two, we have what's called the juvenile pause, which you find in both girls and boys. And this means that testosterone in boys and estrogen in girls has been turned off. A lot of people have the belief that testosterone and estrogen keep flowing through a child child's body as they grow, but no, it stops at the age of two. And because of the surge of estrogen in a baby's early years in a girl, her emotional and communication centers are larger and she has been designed to be more relational. She will want to catch your gaze. She'll want to make eye contact. Boys are not designed this way. They'll want to look at lights and shapes and really anything that moves, trucks, trains, cars to a boy are more fascinating than a face. And understanding differences between boys and girls, even in utero, will help you interact with them, whether it is your own children, your grandchildren, or kids that you work with at a daycare or a preschool. 
girls are relational. Most of the time, all you have to do is look at them and they will know by that look on your face what they should or they shouldn't do. Boys, they really don't care much most of the time. They may know what your face says, but uh, they'll, they'll act out anyway. And when you are interacting with a girl, nurturing games and talking are a good way to bond with her. And this could be through tea party, playing house, cooking, but boys bond over activity because the MIS is surging through a toddler's boy brain and they're more active, they're more aggressive. And this explains why a bunch of girls can sit around, they can build a tower out of blocks and they're so proud of it, but nine times out of ten, the boys are going to come over and completely destroy the girls' creation. Shaming a boy's aggression is not a good idea. Their aggression is normal. So instead, it's best with your child to redirect the boy to be more gentle or to do other activities that are appropriate for where you are at in a specific room or inside the house. Uh, they will be more likely to climb, throw toys. And of course, throwing toys is never okay, but we need to give boys the opportunity to climb. If you don't have climbing toys, take them to a park, bring them to an appropriate place to be able to release that need to climb. And if you have space, allow time for your boys and your girls to run. They have lots of energy that needs to be burnt off. And so when we expect our children and our grandkids, whether they're boys or girls, to listen to us without an outlet to burn off energy, it's not going to work. This goes for nursery age, preschool age, and even older children. If you are working with a larger group of boys and girls, don't be surprised if girls take off and play house together while the boys continue to climb or to run. After the preschool years, a child may be more calm due to their juvenile pause, but they still have energy to burn. So this is one of the many reasons why frequent recess at school is a must. Uh, before cars, children walked to school, maybe a, a couple miles, and they, they burnt off energy before they even entered the classroom. A lot of them even had to get up early and do chores. So by the time they got to school, their body was ready to learn. But nowadays, our children, they, they enter uh, school classrooms, Sunday school classrooms, with a large amount of pent-up energy. And just as a side note, we really dealt a, a lot with our youngest son just being aggressive and having so much energy at school and before class would begin I would get to the school early I would take him to the gym and I would make him run and we would play basketball we would do as much as we could to burn off that energy before he went into the classroom so he could be better prepared but that's just a side note so if you are in a classroom situation, for example, or maybe you're a mom or a dad and you're trying to teach your child something, games are such a great way to teach boys with their surging MIS. At this time, brain circuits are developing for exploration, rough play, and muscle movement. Boys are interested in winning, movement, chasing things, and exploring. And it is always best to have rough and tumble areas in your house or in your classroom. 
having basketball hoops outside, taking kids to the park so they can climb. Girls, on the other hand, they will use these tools, and that's really good. But they will be more likely to see another girl at a park or at recess and go off with her and talk about princesses rather than playing dodgeball. Now, once a child reaches puberty age, so about 10 to 12, the hormones that were surging through their bodies before they turned one and two are now picking back up again. So testosterone will pick back up in boys and increase in dopamine that risk-taking hormone and voas oh i'm going to pronounce this wrong vasopressin which acts as a protective and defensive hormone however his mis will begin to start slowing down now in the female when she reaches puberty age her estrogen will pick back up again and a little testosterone and a little progesterone which acts as a sister to estrogen It is produced in the ovaries and helps regulate her body in different ways. Later on in life, that hormone will play a huge part in her pregnancy as well as her sexual desires. The hormones that are increasing not only affect a boy's and girl's body, but it also affects their brains. So those hormones are the reasons for them becoming more sensitive, sassy, and why their interest in the opposite sex then begins to peak. Their bodies and brains are changing and it's not just hard on those around them, but it's hard on the child too. So we need to make sure that even though these changes right now at this time are incredibly annoying and they may treat you like a moron, remember to have some empathy because many of them have no clue what is happening to their bodies. And though they give off the I'm too cool front, they're actually really insecure because they don't know how to control the changes and the changing hormones happening inside of them. So thank you so much. I know this was a really quick synopsis of the differences between boys and girls at an, at a younger age. And if uh, if you are desiring more for kids that are older and learning about the differences as teenagers, let me know in the comments. And just as a reminder, it is okay to say man. It is okay to say woman. It is okay to acknowledge that boys and girls are different because that is the way God designed them. Thank you for joining me for that very short episode of the Unique on a Purpose podcast. You were created differently, not just in your skill set and your personality, but being male and female, you are different and that is okay. It is okay to say man, it is okay to say woman, and it is okay to celebrate the differences that God has been placed in us. So remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved, and because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you right back here next week.